welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope, Super Dope Plus Ultra, whatever you want to say. Super Dope. Um, thank you for checking us out. I hope you all are doing well in this uh, super uh, uncertain time where things seem to be changing like literally every four hours. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, what's the date? The 24th? 24th. Um, hope you all. I, I imagine most of you are in uh, locations that are currently experiencing some kind of like shelter in place order. I hope being inside isn't fucking with your mental psyche too badly. Um, it's definitely getting to me a little bit. I'm getting a little stir crazy, a little bit of cabin fever. Don't like the fact that I can't just walk down the street and go to the bar and get a beer and say hi to a couple of my friends. But what we're doing right now is important to help kind of mitigate this thing and hopefully not have any long-term ramifications on the economy. All right. All that being said, we're still going to try to produce content here. I, I you guys know, if you listen to the show, uh, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, the places where the podcasts live, you know that, um, I hate doing solo podcasts. So, uh, I'm in the middle of trying to get together some kind of plan so that way we can have uh, remote guests on. Hopefully some of the regulars like feds, uh, I'm not going to bank on Jimmy getting a grasp on technology, but maybe feds. Um, so we can still have some kind of remote conversations because me just talking to myself, I mean, I realize that's 80% of the show anyway, but let's try to mitigate that as much as we can and get some other voices uh, mixed in on uh, our discussions each week. Um, all that being said, if you're stuck inside... And you need some additional content, shameless plug, patreon.com backslash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Uh, you can go check out close to 100 extra podcasts. Uh, and also we started doing video feeds or live video, however you want to put it. We've got videos of the podcast available on Patreon right now. You can see me sitting in my bedroom pointing at the camera as I say this to you right now, feverishly, pen in one of my hands, notepad in the other. Uh, we did have a new patron join this week. Um, I'm assuming in the midst of needing to consume more content. Uh, David Cheers joining that $5 tier. David, what's up, man? Thank you for joining the Patreon. It means so much to me. Um, $5 tier, so he's getting the videos and all the extra content. There's a lot there. So if you need some stuff to listen to, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Shout out to our other patrons. Uh, Timmy Jones, Kelly, Jacob Perez, Dakari Sanchez, Daniel LBJ Rivera, uh, Minnie Van Dan, Reese Andriotis, Brian Melchiori, Bridget Caleb, and Brian Heber. I know that's not how you say your last name, Brian, but for the purposes of the Dragon Ball VA fans, it's Heber. So, all right, enough of that. I just threw my shit in a fit of rage. In case you couldn't hear it, I threw it. Now you know. Uh, episode 86. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, at DBSuperDope1, I did a thread on Sunday afternoon. And I basically just went through, took a lot of screenshots of the episode, and I did it as a way to sort of organize my thoughts on the episode. 86, uh, Let It Flow, School Festival. Uh, it, pretty straightforward, right? Like, we kind of all know what we're going uh, to see in this episode. Based off of how 85 wrapped up, we know we've got a little uh, spillover to try to resolve Gentle and La Brava. And then we also have uh, something in the vicinity of, uh, I don't know, a school cultural festival to perform at. I just want to hear this song. I've been waiting for so long to hear this song that, uh, I don't know, the payoff here better be pretty sweet. And it is. I think I'm just going to read you the thread. 
All right, maybe we'll just do it like that. So with the whole hashtag, I use the hashtag, social distancing thing, I guess I'm doing a solo pod this week on My Hero Academia episode 86. So I thought I'd try to organize my thoughts here and collect any comments from you, Twitter fam. Spoiler alert, not too many comments. Basically, people agree with me that we should all be happy that Eerie is happy. Anyway, spoilers ahead if you want to mute this thread or whatever. I think I only lost one follower over this annoying ass thread because even I was annoyed by the length of this thread. Uh, so let's see. We're wrapping up last week where ain't nothing but a hound dog and the ectoplasm clones find gentle. Uh, Twitter me from two days ago is a dick. Deku sticking this badass landing. So cool. So yeah, you have that really cool moment where Deku gets like bounced out of the frame and you're like, hell, gentle criminal. We didn't realize you had that kind of ability still left over. And here comes Deku just doing the superhero landing and his arms kind of come down and he gets in that crouch. And the screenshot that I chose to use for that tweet, um, it says, I can smell one of our students. I get it. Hound Dog has like Wolverine kind of nose. He can smell stuff. Totally get it. And my head cannon, Deku's got really bad BO. Um, then we move on. The parallels between Deku and Gentle are a little forced, I think. Hmm. Good point. Me from two days ago. Deku's dream was trounced when he was a child. Gentle had opportunity and pissed it away with delusions of grandeur and lack of follow through. Deku covering for him is fine, but only if Gentle comes back. So yeah, Deku kind of does this whole thing with Hound Dog and the Ectoplasm clones where he's like, we had a little disagreement. It's not really a big deal. Like, I don't care how much you just connected with this dude and see yourself in like some kind of alternate timeline becoming somebody like him. Um, Mr. On my way to become the number one hero. What's up? Are you just willing to let criminals walk like that? That doesn't seem very uh, hero-ish, but I'm okay with it if they plan to use Gentle again in the future. My fear for a character who is uh, not only this funny and entertaining, but who in the 11th hour was given a pretty tragic backstory that you can kind of, I'd hope anyway, empathize with. Um, my hope is they they bring him back at some point in the future and they utilize him in a different kind of way. Hopefully still hold some of those comedic aspects because that's like the best part of his character. But um, in terms of what he could do in like his next appearance and his next arc and his next story, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, uh, somebody who kind of reluctantly took the side of or joined up or I don't know embrace the villain lifestyle that might be the better way to say it uh it would be interesting to see how he can kind of reintegrate himself maybe not into hero society because obviously um the ship has kind of sailed on him to go to superhero school and get his license and all that but um he could probably you know uh integrate back into the the, the lawful side of society in some way that makes sense next tweet the brava is the one i'm sad for honestly we better see her again. I put that in capital letters so you know I was very serious about it. I'll talk more about the post credit scene later, but she's the one of this duo that I can see becoming an ally to the police. Not a hero, but an ally. La Brava crying makes me sad. I'm sad right now. BRB. V true. Very sad. Um, La Brava, when she realizes that Gentle's kind of like trying to take the fall and mitigate all the risk onto himself and kind of let her have the opportunity to walk free and hopefully have some kind of bright future. 
um, the impact of that, you know, it's not lost on us, the audience, but like it's kind of accentuated and pushed over the top. Once you see her just bawling her eyes out, uh, gentle criminal is the mere shadow of someone who was once a dropout, a hero dropout. Um, I, I mean, I, we talked about it at length last week with Kelly and feds. I miss you, Kelly and feds. Um, we talked about it at length, but I think that's kind of like, I think that's kind of the saddest part of gentle is that he, you could see him, um, you know, in a slightly altered timeline where he is a great hero and he does go through school and he, uh, gets his provisional licenses and goes through all the legal motions of becoming a pro hero. And he's a really good one. Like that's within the realm of reality. He's got the uh, polish and the charisma to be able to do it. He's got the ability in terms of a quirk to be able to do it. He's got the drive. Now, wish he had the drive to just apply himself back when he was in school and not dick off so GD much. Um, but yeah, I can see either of them becoming eventual allies for uh, maybe the police force heroes in some way, shape, or form. But I think, especially with the end of the episode, when you consider the the post credit scene with LaBrava, um, being interrogated about her hacking abilities and all that. Um, I could very easily see her coming back. Um, Gentle, I hope, will come back, but if they have to make the choice on one or the other, I'd rather see La Brava. Um, before we move forward, I love that they're sticking... Oh, yeah, all right. So we're off the Gentle and La Brava stuff. Again, if you want to see the thread that I'm referencing throughout this solo pod today, at DBSuperDope1 on Twitter. Um, so that wraps up the Gentle La Brava stuff. Uh, before we move forward, I love that they're sticking to the Deku and Aoyama being friends thing and not just having that weird stalker creepy cheese episode be a one-off deal. Yeah, so uh, they chose Aoyama to be the guy who uh, greets Deku at the at the gate. What are you doing, clumsy boy? Why are you so beat up? Did you just fight a senior citizen in the woods or something? Because that's sort of what it looks like. We got to get you cleaned up. I just appreciate that Aoyama gets, uh, gets some pretty good screen time in this episode in that they seem to be sticking to the thread that him and Deku were friends. It wasn't just a one-off creepiness thing. Um, I want to move on to the Class 1A performance. I love this scene, obviously, for the big teamwork payoff moment we've been working toward the last month. But so many students got to have a funny moment or two that I loved, so I want to shout out some of my faves. You know, maybe I did a better job with this tweet thing yesterday, or two days ago, rather than I thought. Go me. I love that Momo Yayurozu gets the audience chanting her name. The most unpronounceable last name of all time. Never mind setting it to a rhythmic chant. Very true. Like, I realize that she's the pretty girl. She's the rich girl. Uh, if you want to take those two and make an additional leap, uh, a popular girl. Um, but like, she like just barely got drafted into this band on keys. And I've said the joke a billion times. A rich girl obviously got piano lessons when she was a kid, but um, everyone in the crowd's very po focused or pumped up on, on Yayurozu, uh, Momo Yayurozu, which I I'm here for it, but I don't know of all the names you could chant amongst the 20 students in class 1A. Yayurozu, very, very interesting stuff. Um, lots of quality dance moves. Again, Aoyama and Deku slowly becoming BFFs is heartwarming. Uh, there's a couple of good shots of them together. Um, doing like some Superman kind of pose stuff. As always, I appreciate Bakugo's intensity. Uh, wanting to kill them with a solid wall of sound. That's a Elton John. Uh, let's go, damn it. Let's kill them with our sound is actually the quote. Um, 
And there is a little bit of discussion amongst the crowd who, you know, see, most of them seem pretty anxious to see the performance. Uh, some of them excited, some of them more like looking at it from a perspective of what are these kids about? A lot of bad things have happened at UA High since class 1A has, uh, you know, started to attend this group of students. And this is our chance to like really scope them out and kind of see what they're actually about. And uh, I don't know, I think a lot of people walked in there with the expectation, or maybe not the expectation, but the hope that they would fall flat on their face and put up a terrible performance. And uh, I just want to say fuck you to those people. Um, Eda doing the robot, really, uh, really good. I think the best part of this episode is definitely the Kyoka Jiro flashback. That's right. I learned her first name, Kyoka. Uh, the Jiro flashback got me. Uh, this series excels at giving you small bits of character backstory and fully making you care about them, even if it's just a character with a smaller role like Jiro. It's kind of like a formula for My Hero Academia at this point. That said, I also am a musician. I play music, in case you, in case you didn't know that. <sighs> you know, I... Uh, if you're not a long-time listener to the show, I sing a lot, play some guitar, both with guitars and my mouth. See, you could also hear me in the intros to uh, this podcast. But seeing Jiro kind of have that moment in the flashback where she's fully like on stage in the current moment, she's fully embracing um, the energy and the spirit of the performance and that punk rock kind of attitude, and it's so so badass. And uh, I'm just happy for her. Already, okay? I don't even need little kid flashback. I don't need you to leverage the appearance of a little chubby cheek Jiro to make me feel more happy, happier for Jiro. Um, but they still give it to us anyway. And it's uh, kind of like a black, not quite black and white. There's like some sepia, sepia. How do you say it? Sepia? I'm saying sepia. Like some sepia tone kind of flashback stuff where there's just lots of guitars on the wall and she's got these... Uh, her parents are just kind of sitting around at a table with her, talking with her a little bit further about how Jiro doesn't think she wants to grow up to be a musician. And uh, she thinks that maybe saving people is cool. And her, she's, you can see on her face how scared she is to say this to both of her uh, career, I guess, anyway, career musician parents. And she's got tears in her eyes and it's fucking sad. It's like a five-year-old kid, man. You don't want to see five-year-old kids cry. Uh, never mind about making such a um, a big life decision so early in life. But her parents are automatically supportive and say, hey, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, you can help people with your music. You can also do that uh, as a hero. So what's the difference? And then it gets back to the rock and class 1A. And I'm like, yeah, you're goddamn right. What is the difference? Music helps people all of the time if you haven't uh embraced um some type of media during this crazy lockdown quarantine period we're having here um music podcasts tv film whatever um if you haven't done that you're probably a fucking robot or dead um what's next on this tweeter thing i said uh, i love seeing jero truly in her element on stage setting her up as somebody who's punk rock on the surface but someone who deeply cares about the opinion of her parents is very sweet like she's so anti-establishment that she likes pleasing her parents uh it works in the same way that her anxiety slash her little earphone tapping uh against that punk rock aesthetic does so yeah um you know you take her little anxiety little ticks i've got them for sure um that's why i can recognize her so easily uh working in the same way against her you know, leather jacket and fucking bass and 
punk rock attitude overall on the outside. Um, it's a cool little juxtaposition. I know I tell you guys how much I cry about Eerie and how she deserves to be a normal happy kid like every single week. So it should come as no shock that this had me feeling happy sad. Um, and by this and the Twitter um, thread, I refer to the moment where Mirio silently says, or I think he says it out loud. Can you see this Midoriya and Sir, meaning Night Eye, up in heaven because he's dead? She smiled. She smiled. And then there's a couple of shots of little adorable eerie having a good time. Such a small arc in the series, such a small moment in the grand scheme, but the payoff, it feels pretty great. Um, now, this is what I really waited for, though, uh, in full disclosure for episode 86. Uh, you know what it was, man. Romeo and Juliet and the Prisoner of Azkaban, colon, Return of the King. And we got some stage scenes the ghost of Azkaban, Count Paris, trying to reclaim Juliet. And shout out Tetsu Tetsu. Haven't seen you in a minute in this series. Uh, you got two really cool scenes today. Um, you heard about your father from Gandalf, right? That he was the king of Gondor. I am your father. If you're going to integrate in the Empire Strikes Back line, just somehow work in the Empire Strikes Back. And I think I actually said that. If the title was that long anyway, they should have just worked in the Empire Strikes Back too. Somehow. Uh, Return of the King Strikes Back. There, there you go. Return of the King Strikes Back. Um, there's a cute little scene with um, Midoriya gun getting chewed out by Dadmite, which uh, you know called him once a once a minute every minute for I don't know probably an hour. <laughs> I don't think it says how many missed calls he has, but um, I just think it's adorable that All Might's that dad. Now that he doesn't have superpowers and can't just whiz over to the goddamn scene. Someone got a cell phone. <laughs> um, Eerie finally gets to have a scene where she's a normal, excited little kid and not the reserved, sad, battered little child in a hospital gown. She sounds like one of the little kids being like, have you ever had a dream where you are uh, where um, when you uh, have a uh, um, uh... and it's true. She's just so overwhelmed with trying to recount everything to Deku when she sees him after their performance. And at first there was a loud noise and it was scary, but then everyone was hopping with the dance. And then there was a flash and Deku, you went away, but then it got cold. And then there was a, like, she's just trying to recount everything. She's so excited and her and, you know, stepdad Mirio. I always, I really did think Aizawa was going to be the guy to kind of, you know, be foster dad in this whole thing. But turns out it's Mirio and, uh, He's so like he's adorable as a as a hero. He's adorable as just like a regular person, but he's he's really excelling at being adorable as like foster dad to Erie and just kind of going along and helping whatever he can to help to make her happy. And a girl's voice said, "Wow," and I said, "Wow," too. And Deku gets to you know kind of say, "Hey, I'm happy that you had a good time," and you can see the tears well up, and I can feel the tears well up as well. It's it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful um, ending scene. And like I said, in the grand scheme of this entire show and this entire story, Deku's or otherwise, the world, uh, this is not a very major thing. This is not a big story. But they still do a tremendous job with the pacing of it. I bitched a lot about pacing during the overhaul arc. Um, the pacing of it was great. I feel like everything got the attention that it needed and still moved along pretty well when you consider that Deku finally has like his first like real criminal interaction where he he takes care of business basically by himself. Like no other students to help him, no other pro heroes to help him, none of that stuff. 
So you get to see that, experience it, and let it fully breathe and be its own thing. Let the payoff of all the students working together for the school festival be its own thing. Let Erie finally have the very deserved happy good time that she's been, we've all been wanting her to have since we first met her. Um, they did a great job with this arc. I love it. So for the next two episodes, so I was wrong. At the beginning, um, I was under the impression that this was the penultimate, I hate that fucking word. Penultimate means second to last. I was under the impression this was the penultimate episode of Boku no Hero Academia, but it's not. We're actually going to get two more episodes. Uh, I believe the last episode of the season will be on April 4th. So it's going to be focusing on the hero rankings board, uh, something that I like that the preview kind of calls it out. It's like since All Might's retired, this thing fluctuates like the goddamn stock market. It just happens all the time. Um, so we're going to see a little bit of Endeavor and finally Hawks. Um, I wish uh, we'd gotten to see this before the uh, Two Heroes movie because then we'd have some context as to how or as to who Hawks is. Uh, outside of a passing mention about Tokayami going to do his hero study with him. But um, we're going to get to meet Hawks. That's all I have to say about Hawks. Um, I, I, I hope Endeavor has some cool moments next week as well. Um, that's kind of a short episode, guys. I totally understand. What are, where are we at right now? Out of around 20 minutes. So um, unless you want me to continue to babble to myself, um, it doesn't matter. I record this. Uh, and then post it to the internet. So you're not hearing me give you that option. So option's been revoked. Uh, I'm going to wrap it here. So we are going to hopefully get a couple of the guys, uh, regulars on the show, some kind of remote setup. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But also if you yourself or are on an anime podcast or you listen to other anime podcasts, uh, make suggestions because honestly, if this thing is going to be happening for the foreseeable future over the next couple of months, uh, I think it's as good a time as any to start to network with other anime pods and do guest spots on their shows, have their guys do guest spots on our show uh, et cetera, et cetera. So if you've got suggestions for that stuff, email would probably be best for that. That's uh, dbsuperdope at gmail.com. You can shoot over your suggestions there. You can call us up, leave us a voicemail. If you want to leave voicemail, that's very beneficial to the show right now. Uh, 401-213-9596. Uh, Twitter, you want to go check out the thread that I basically just reread to you at dbsuperdope1 and uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, all the places where the podcasts live. Uh, rate, subscribe, share us with your friends. Make sure you stay the fuck home. That's all I got to say about that. Talk to you soon. Super dope. Mm-hmm.